It's time to play ball. Welcome to the podcast with no limits. Whether it be sports, current events, or random thoughts, this is the place to step in and stay a while. Your host is a proud alumnus of Rio Hondo Prep, a former minor league baseball umpire, and a man with strong opinions. Welcome to the Get Home Safe podcast and your host, Matt Persima. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Get Home Safe. I am recording bright and early today on a Tuesday morning just uh, to get an episode out. I didn't have time on Monday night, so I wanted to get one out nice and early on Tuesday. like that better than kind of putting one out on Tuesday night, even though I know Tuesdays are not uh, the, the, the main attraction really during the week for people. Most people uh, prefer the Friday conversations and, and I don't blame them for that. Um, usually just me rambling away about uh, uh, sports or my opinions on Tuesday isn't for everyone, but I do appreciate those who do tune, tune in regularly and uh, you, you are much appreciated because I do see how many plays come in on audio and on YouTube and uh, I greatly appreciate both. But we're back in the in the rhythm here, Tuesdays and Friday episodes. I already got a few Friday episodes recorded and ready to go. So uh, stay tuned for those upcoming. But today, as you know, is uh, Tuesday. My opinions, just uh, reactions from a wild weekend of sports and of course, uh, everything going on around the world. Um, and news here in America. And uh, again, uh, w- with Matt Hersma's head, I-, I just refer to myself in the third person. That's how you know how early it is today. Uh, y- you know, what goes through my head sometimes is uh, is rather random. I say it every week. It's, it's very random. And I just, I share it with you guys, uh, the chances I get. Um, I told you guys recently that I watched uh, a great Abraham Lincoln uh, mini series, three part series on uh, Hulu. I think it was, um, I, don't know if it was I think it was done by the History Channel, but uh, really well done. Very just <clears throat> so good. The, the reenactment um, was uh, phenomenal. And I encourage anybody to check that out. It's three parts, each one's about an uh, hour and a half, two hours. So they're kind of like three little movies about Abraham Lincoln and uh, specifically the Civil War. And uh, one of the stats I heard in uh i don't know if it's stats but just incredible um uh recording of history if you will uh was was they go through you know a lot of the civil war battle battles and i and i i'm very uh, interested in the civil war and um you know the the battles itself for obvious reasons right all the all the conflicts we've we've had in america the civil war was um i think the most significant it was it was um, you know amazing what our troops did in World War II, um, you know going in, in in World War One for that matter, and uh, you know helping liberate Europe uh, multiple times, and and obviously it was noble to defeat the Nazis in World War Two, and uh, you know what we've done in, in the Middle East after you know attacking terrorism and everything, but the Civil War, if you really study it. Um, you learn so many things and just how America was divided, you know, 500,000 people died. And um, it was, you know, the, obviously the issue of slavery. And then uh, it was the South versus the North. And it was basically where you were, where you were from is who you fought for. And it was, again, so many storylines and uh, one of the darkest times in our, in our history, if not the darkest. Um, 
but I want to, I heard this, you know, in regards to uh, black soldiers who uh, were, were set free by Lincoln, the Emancipation Proclamation, who then joined the Union Army to fight. Um, and it was legitimately fighting for their freedom, very inspiring stuff. Um, it was a war not fought over land, you know, expansion or anything like that. Although some would say it was, well, it's two, two different uh, countries, you know, divided by states. But my point is, uh, I heard this about the, um, the black soldiers who fought for the union. And I've talked about the great movie glory that, uh, that is one of my favorite movies. I talked about William H. Carney, who was the, uh, the first black man to win the medal of honor. I uh, did so in, in the civil war. Uh, but I heard uh, from one of the historians that they had on uh, the show that um, tw- of the 26 men, black men that won the medal of honor in the civil war, 14 came from one battle. And that battle was new market Heights, also known as um, the battle of uh, Chaffin's farm. Um, also known, let's see, also known as uh, Laurel Hill and uh, Laurel Hill and combats at Fort Harrison, Johnson and Gilmer. Anyway, my, my, my point is uh, New Market Heights. If you are interested in history, which I am, um, specifically Civil War history and want to hear some uh, inspiring stories, uh, what those 14 men did uh, at uh, New Market Heights in that battle in the Civil War was just extraordinary. It was very violent. And you got to remember, when they first put these troops out there, there was skepticism, right? There was still prejudice in the North that, oh, they, can these guys really fight? And uh, just to hear about that, just to hear about, again, over half of the Medal of Honor winners black medal of honor winners in the civil war came from one battle uh that should tell you the type of action that it was and and again with at with heavy combat casualties you get a lot of inspiring stories so i encourage you guys i couldn't believe that number 14 of of 26 of the medal of honor winners black medal of honor winners in the civil war uh were from that one battle so i encourage you guys i used to do studs with studs and and kind of gives that's 14 names there that would take a while to get to, but I encourage you guys uh, go look up that. Cause I honestly, I'll be honest. I had never heard of the battle of a uh, new market Heights. What was it? You know? And, and you learn more as you, as you research these things. So I enjoyed the, the, uh, the Lincoln doc. And I just, I wanted to share that with you guys because it was, it was so inspiring to me. There's so many stories that we don't know about. And I want to, encourage us all to learn. Um, after watching the Lincoln doc, I, I came to a realization that, uh, y- you know, I, people always ask me, what's your favorite movie? And, and I really do now believe that uh, Gettysburg, I think hands down is, is, is my favorite movie. I actually watched, well, I'll be honest. I watched all of it uh, at some point this weekend, um, found time in between March madness. I watched a little here. I, I just, I stretched it out. Cause it is, you know, four and a half hours or whatever. Um, but I, I do love that movie and how it was done in the early nineties. And it's still so good uh, in my opinion and the, the great acting. And of course uh, really, really dives into probably the most important battle in American history. So sometimes, you know, you, you, 
you uh, you have first loves, you know, you, you look, maybe look elsewhere and you're like, no, no, I, it's, that's still my first love. So I don't know why I'm sharing you Civil War stuff bright and early this morning, but that's just kind of tells you uh, where my heart is today. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll move into some uh, less serious topics like lead glasses. I, I wear my glasses sometimes, you know, like like AOC. I pick on her a lot, but, you know, when she wants to make a point, she puts on her big glasses, right? Some people put their glasses on. I feel like they want to just they want to sound smart. They want to look smart. Personally, I can't see anything without my glasses or contacts. Uh, I can barely see the screen. So uh, I, I need I need them. Uh, it's a little too early to put on contacts. And sometimes I just I'm in a glasses mode, you know, but I do feel like some people, celebrities and such, they're <laughs> <laughs> it's a look for sure because what because that always happens right you throw glasses on on a face what's everybody always say oh man you look smarter i was like really smarter not smart smarter not very smart but anyway how does our mind come up with these things you know by the way, very difficult to wear a mask and have glasses on at the same time. Not not a fun thing. Very glad we don't have to do that anymore. Uh, so moving along here. Okay, uh, Valerie had a comment to me because I was I literally guys I watched basketball all day Thursday, all day Friday, all day Saturday, and then most of the day Sunday. I sure did, and I was incredibly happy. I had uh, Friday and Saturday, I had taken off, you know, months, months prior as part of my vacation days. And I was all, I'm always off Thursdays and Sundays. So a little four day stretch here that I was rather proud of, uh, proud of, not proud of, um, but uh, oh, that's interesting. Sorry, these bright and early, I get these uh, breaking news things that pop up too. So I watched a lot of basketball. Thursday, my good friend uh, Fred Monablanco joined me, and uh, we indulged in a lot of hoops and uh, you know bad food. And then Friday, Friday was just me. Valerie worked, and then had a a, a long uh, an evening with some uh, friends, and I was like solo. And the silence was 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 fine. I was like, you know, I've got a little okay. Where's where's Val? You know, later, but um, all day by myself watching hoops it was uh, a peaceful moment if you will so i watched basically all 16 games for thursday and friday saturday I'm trying to think i did the same i thought we did something or it went somewhere maybe <laughs> maybe not but the days rolled by quick and i had to move around because i was starting you know i need to move around anyway but i was sitting around and just like oh my back's a little sore and then sunday we we, we went out uh, we we did a little lunch thing little lunch date came back and then she started on a project and i was like oh oh well, i always say oh look again <laughs> turn it on she hates when i say doesn't hate when i say that she just rolls her eyes but she uh the games were ending sunday night at man tcu they had arizona and <laughs> she's just like i can't she's like what there's more next week i said yeah yeah but there's only four games thursday and friday each day and then two on saturday sunday and she just rolls around she's like i can't believe you shouldn't take the whole month off I'm like well that would have been great but i can't you know necessarily afford that so uh anyway i watched so much basketball um i i got home monday night cooked dinner and i was kind of like looking around i'm like oh there's no more games because it, it was probably a little too much. I probably needed to, 
I don't know, take a walk, go do anything, do some, but I always had the games on in my two TVs and was just really enjoying it. Cause I've always said before, Oh man, it'd be great to just watch a whole tournament. And, and I know most people can't. So I, I, I do what other people can't at times, what other people uh, would want to do. And I know I have a few buddies out there who would love that, you know, but they got responsibilities and kids and uh, other jobs. And, and, and so I do it for you guys. I think of you when I'm like, oh, I'm a little tired. Nope. Nope. Keep going. Keep going. Got to get, we got uh, the Gonzaga game next. got to keep rolling. So a few observations from the NCAA tournament and uh, no disrespect to the ladies out there. I know, look at, I know I have some female listeners. Um, I, I, I'm not, well, I have a few comments about some of the things that occurred in the women's tournament, which I will get to, but uh, the men's basketball tournament. Um, first of all, a few things from a, an officiating standpoint that, you know, everyone wants to judge the officiating and scream and yell and, oh, how could they call that? And look at these games are intense. There's a lot on the line. Um, we've seen mistakes happen. I don't know how many guys I've seen in, in, the, in, the, in the paint with the ball just Oh, here, you have it. I just, I don't know. Man, I, I'd probably lose the ball if I played Division One basketball all the time. And I, you know, but I don't know. There's just this like softness in the paint with these guys. They get all nervous and just lose the ball. Anyway, to the officiating, there's two things I pointed out that I don't like that are not necessarily reflecting of calls. Um, first of all, after replay, there's so many replays now. You got to replay everything. Replay, replay, replay. And, and, and people always wanted more replay and now there's too much and, and, and people don't like uh, the instant replay results and, you know, you can't please everyone. <laughs> so it, it's funny how that works at all levels, at all sports, really with a replay, but after instant replay, the officials in basketball do something I don't love. Now it usually works out fine, but they bring both coaches together and tell them, the result basically and why and i don't know i don't know what the option is if you, if you want to waste time going to talk to one coach and going to talk to the other that happens in baseball a lot when say there's a call we the crew gets together if we don't change anything we're just like nope call call stands but if we do change it somebody saw something a foot off the base or whatever we, we go to the other coach and tell him hey um this is why we change it. Or you just make the call and the coach comes out and argues. Anyway, I don't love the, the, the uh, optics of both coaches come together, explain it to them. I think as someone who's refereed lower levels, that could lead to a real issue. I don't love bringing both coaches together really ever um, just because it's two guys who are competing Um it puts, it just could lead to a bad situation and it could lead to um, non, let's see, cooler heads, not prevailing, cooler heads prevailing. Uh, so uh, hotter heads uh, prevailing, I guess you should say. I, I, I understand why they do it. Like, Hey, here's what we saw. Here's the call on the, on the floor, because you see it sometimes you, you, you say that. And then one coach starts arguing and asking questions. Then the other coach starts and the only thing worse than arguing with one coach is, is arguing with both. And usually it doesn't happen in that replay scenario because one coach is typically pretty happy. Um, but I don't know. It's just kind of like, it's almost like a schoolyard situation or not schoolyard, like a classroom situation 
Jimmy, Tommy, come here. Let's here we go. Here's here's what's happening. And uh, and usually both kids or coaches aren't punished. It's usually one side or the other. So that's just as a referee, I don't know what the option is, but I don't love that. I, I would just be like replay. You almost don't have to tell the other coach unless it's something significant like tangle, like a fight potentially. Um, because those well, even then, even then, that's when coaches get really intense. Well, he his guy did this, that guy did that. It's just, I don't love, I don't love the replay. Um, it doesn't always need an explanation too. Sometimes it's an out of bounds call, so it's just like, yeah, just step back and point, which they do. Um, anyway, I don't know what the option is, but I don't love bringing both coaches together. I think it could lead to problems. And the other thing in in officiating that in the, in the men's basketball, this is something uh, I will give women's officiating credit for they do better than the men's um is the calling official in men's basketball uh you make the call you report to the table you know foul on 41 and then if you're shooting free throws um or even if you're not shooting free throws but but specifically free throws that official then goes opposite of the table you make the call to the table and then you go away from the table so now if the coach has an issue with your call, which a lot of times is the case, the coach, it's meant to diffuse. Like it's so the coaches can't just, you know, otherwise there's, so there's three officials, right? One under the basket, one table side, one opposite table for a free throw. The calling official goes opposite the table. And now you got a coach who's mad or wants an explanation. And he's like shouting across the court. Whereas if you just had the, the calling official go to the table side, then the coach is able to ask you, Hey, what did you see? What did you, you know, where do you hit him? Um, and if, if it does get heated in that moment, an official can then turn and address the situation rather than shout back across the court. Um, Cause we know how we well, can't have officials, you know, defending themselves. I, I just, I don't like it. I, I think yes. Coaches get, get um, theatrical and throw their arms up. Hell, you know, but it's also not fair to the coaches in the standpoint of then there's official next to you who did not make the call. And then you might get after him or you want an explanation. And it's like, well, Randy called it, you know, Randy called it across the way. And it's like, well, Randy should be standing next to you. Some people make these rules and they're just like, well, the calling official, he, he needs to get away from the coach. I, I, I don't love that. And if you guys watch, watch uh, carefully you'll see what i'm talking about when when the calling official is opposite the table maybe in some situations it's a good idea where the coach is just out of control and you really kick the call but even then it's your responsibility as an official to address the situation to not let the coach scream and yell and up and down the sideline uh it puts your partner in a bad situation where you have to stand next to that coach and diffuse the situation maybe um, or you're diffusing it from far away. And it's like, maybe the guy wouldn't yell as much if you were next to him. And I would say, if he does end up screaming, I think it, it looks worse on him because he's standing next to you screaming versus being across the floor and he has to scream to get your attention. So I don't know. These are the things that go through my head. I always, uh, you know, there's a time in any officiating where you have to face a coach look him in the eye and have a conversation. Most of the time when you're having a conversation with a coach, your eyes are on the floor. Still, you're still, you still have to a job to do and observe dead ball situations. 
But there are times when it eventually gets here where you have to look a man in the eye. What a concept. Uh, have a conversation for you mask wearers out there. Maybe take your mask off and uh, have a face-to-face conversation. I know that's scary, but um, we've had a lot of survivors, a lot of survivors out there. And uh, if, if that's the bravest thing we have to do as a society, society is have a face-to-face conversation, then uh, I think we're, we're, we, we probably need to toughen up a little bit. But so that's my point with the officiating. Um, I think little things like that lead to big things, lead to maybe coaches getting out of control, maybe lead to officials uh, being a little more passive. Let me run away from this guy or, or lead to officials if they do have to handle a situation, they look like the aggressor. They have to deal with something from far away. Right. So I wish in summary that the calling official uh, would have to go table side. And, and sometimes you see some of the veteran officials when they do make a call that they're like, okay, this guy's going to either blow it or let me have a conversation with him. I've seen this with veterans. They'll switch. They'll be like, Hey, Bobby, you go, you go up. I'm going to, I want to talk to coach here. And uh, veteran moves that I think are, are are good for the game. And I just wish it was the standard and not the exception. Um, I talked about watching games all day. You know, first round, Thursday and Friday, it's excellent because there's so much overlap, right? You, you got the games, you're rolling. And, uh, you know, there's usually a first half and a second half going. And then a, a, a game kind of just starting. And, and it's great. There's no breaks. As soon as one game ends, you can flip to the second half of another game and uh, honestly, I, I, well, I watched second half of a game rather than the first half. And, you know, even though I got the two TVs going, it's just more exciting, right? There's more going on. If it's a blowout, you're kind of like, all right, but man, the second day to go from 16 to eight, and it's just like one game at a time, basically some, some overlap in the afternoon and evening. It's like, you almost, you're not bored, but just like, Oh, come on. I want more games. You get used to something and then it's taken from you. So uh, the first round, you get those overlaps, the overlap of games just constantly going. And then uh, day, days three and four, the second round, you go to, uh, you go to, um, you know, just kind of one game in the morning, one game in the late morning, one game in the afternoon. Okay, now three games. Yeah, it's just, anyway, um, I'm just complaining. I shouldn't be complaining, but uh, keep, by the way, you remember last year when they changed the tournament format, it was the, you know, the post, the first tournament after COVID and all the games were in Indianapolis. They, they started the tournament. They went Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday for the first round and second round this year. Thank God back to Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I much prefer that. Um, it's little things. I know it's not a huge deal, but just, I, I do like some traditions and some, uh, some, I don't know, schedules to stay the same. So, um, uh, that was just a random thought there. Uh, back to officiating, you know, Gene Steratore, I thought has done a good job. The former uh, college basketball official, former uh, Super Bowl uh, NFL white hat. Yes, he, he did both sports and you'll see him on the fall and CBS talk, you know, kind of being the Mike Pereira um, uh, officiating an analyst for CBS. Well, he, he does a great job on the basketball side of things too. Sometimes he kind of takes a neutral um a neutral stance on things. He's just like, well, you know, you know, or he doesn't say much um, about a, a play out of bounds or a, a hook and hold and things. But I think he's he's great. I really do believe every sport, every channel needs some type of officiating an- analyst. Um, we saw it at the NBA with Steve Javi. 
Um, baseball has still yet to do it uh, on the major league side of things. I'm not sure if maybe college baseball will be the, the, the one to take the first leap there. I mean, you have this time during, you know, these instant replays where you could have a, an official kind of give his opinion. Uh, Mike Pereira was the original guy there. I started there in 2010 working with Pereira, did it for 10 years. Uh, and then it was because of his success on Fox where more and more uh, networks decided to, to dive into this. And it's been beneficial. Um, every channel and in the NFL, NFL, NBC, um, ESPN, Fox, CBS, they all have officiating uh, analysts. I'm curious what they do with this um, prime NFL or not NFL prime, but uh, Amazon prime having Thursday night football, if they're going to bring in some type of officiating uh, analyst, but kudos to Gene Steratore. Uh, he's a busy man with all those games going on. And I think he does a great job. Uh, it, it's good to hear, hear him still be involved in the game. Cause he was, he was a great NFL official and, and I enjoyed watching him work uh, college basketball too. Plus, you know, everyone, the, the, the ex coaches and ex players have their opinions, right? Well, it's nice to get an opinion from an official who's someone who uh, it's not always an opinion. Sometimes they're establishing facts and things about rules and things that, that, that we don't necessarily know. So I, I think it's great. Um, let me see here. The, the, what, what, what night was that Wednesday night that the Rutgers Notre Dame thriller, that was the best game of the tournament. In my opinion, that was the play-in game, right? The first four, uh, just back and forth, double overtime, Notre Dame, uh, with that was just shot after shot, uh, UCLA survives against Akron and then pretty much dominated uh, their second game against uh, St. Mary's who really was a, was a, was a powerful team after their destruction of Indiana. Didn't see that coming, but uh, USC loses to Miami. I watched that whole game. Absolute embarrassment for us. Turn, just turnovers galore. I, there was a stretch. I think they had like 12 14 turnovers in the first half. There was a stretch of like two or three minutes where they didn't get a shot off. It it was, it was so bad. Again, throw the ball down low. Oh, what's this? A basketball here? You have it. I, I was shocked. I was just like, I've never seen a team really play so soft in the first half and turn the ball over so much. Kudos to Miami, who's, who's advanced to the Sweet 16. Jim Laranega. Um, remember, he coached that George Mason team in, uh, the, to the Final Four back in, I think, 06. Um, but yeah, Miami, Sweet 16 Trojans. Disappointing season. Just did not look good. Thought they had a pretty good team. I've never seen a. They had one of the longer teams in the uh, tournament. You know, just a lot of size. I've never seen so many six nine guys. Just like uh, I keep saying the term soft. I mean, they they beat me up for sure. But like, just six nine guys who are just I don't know. Nothing, no, nothing to them. Nothing to them. Just dropping the basket. It was it was, it was so sad and it, ah, it was upset me. And for UCLA fans out there, probably laughing their heads off. Uh, seeing that so uh, uh, some other big upsets St. Peter's who are these guys the Peacocks are you kidding me how do you not root for a team called the Peacocks by the way for us fresh Prince of Bel-Air fans back in the day the ULA Peacocks Peacocks were marching down the field right Um, the St. Peter's Peacocks they got some studs on that team that just do not care. Their coach said it best. He was like, we got a bunch of dudes from New York and New Jersey. You think we, you think we're scared of anybody? They are fun to watch. Um, they are in a tough bracket for sure. Uh, here in the sweet 16 potential elite eight, uh, having to maybe play UCLA or North Carolina, if they happen to advance, but a great, 
they're the story of the tournament thus far. And every single year we hear a team that we've never heard of before. Every single year, George Mason, um, uh, Virginia, VCU, Virginia Commonwealth, uh, Florida Gulf Coast, um, Oral Roberts, right? And some of these teams don't make great runs in the tournament necessarily. But to get a win, first of all, to, to defeat a juggernaut like Kentucky, I mean, that's, that's big enough. But then to, to win a second game and to get into the second uh, weekend of the tournament, it's just awesome. And, and I got it. And it was cool. You know, you, you show the arenas of these schools and them watching the game, you know, back home for the fans that couldn't make the trip. And they show St. Peter's gym. It looks like the pavilion. It looks like, you know, the Stiver center at, at care youth league round of prep, just, just this little, uh, little gym where their fans are jumping around, losing their mind. I thought it was the best part of the tournament uh, for sure. So St. Peter's, they, they won two games, uh, two other big upsets, Richmond and New Mexico state. They, they lost in the uh, second round, but, two huge upsets there uh, for them and just wrecked a ton of brackets, just, just wrecked a ton. Uh, and this was a stat I wrote down that I, again, I thought I found interesting. Baylor was the fifth straight defending national champion to not make it to the second weekend, to not make the sweet 16. So fifth straight defending national champ to lose in either the first or the second round. Interesting for sure. I mean, when, when you win a title, uh, college basketball, you lose a lot of guys anyway. But to uh, to lose a title, uh, to win a title and then come back, you know, you, you, you probably got a lot of younger, a lot of young guys like most of these uh, blue blood programs do anyway. But it, that, that was a very interesting stat to me. Um, but I got to tell you, with SC out, you know, I'll watch UCLA and, you know, if, yeah, I'll see if they can make a run. UCLA, North Carolina, what a great um, sec, uh, sweet 16 matchup. But uh, my heart's definitely with those Peacocks, St. Peter's Peacocks. I love when the small schools uh, step in and take down, uh, take down the big boys. It's, it's really, really awesome. Um, so some great matchups this weekend. I can't wait for Thursday. And my one argument with the Thursday, Friday games upcoming is that again, they don't stagger. They, they, they kind of do, they're going like a game at four and four thirty, and then six and six 30. I'm like, why can't we do like we did the first day? Let's do a game at two, then a game at four, then a game at six and a game. at let's do something like that. You now, you got 16 games in one day. Now you got four games and you kind of put them all together. Like let's space them out. So you can all like, like major league baseball does basically they go four games in a day sometimes. And they have to stretch those out over hours. My only argument, I wish I was in charge sometimes. Uh, okay. What else do we have today? Um, again, I don't want to talk forever today. Cause I have uh, to get to work uh, here in another, I got to leave in about 30 minutes um, before I get into uh, something not so serious, but pretended to be serious, uh, uh, I, basketball related. Um, I, I've, I've found that, you know, my dream, people were like, Matt, you need to put your show on YouTube. And I'm like, eh, I don't, I don't like being on camera. I don't like attention. I know I did a podcast, but it's mainly just because I'm not a big Facebook poster and, and I've posted a lot more things uh, recently, but I'm just like, I want to get behind the mic. I, I love radio, sport talk radio as, as a kid. You know, some of the, the local sports talk and and um, got me through a lot of my college years. And I wish I had podcasts back then to listen to. But I've uh, I don't know. I, I don't I don't love attention. And and I was I've seen like I saw like actors talking about something on on 
TV the other day. And I was like, you know what? My dream would to be like a voiceover actor in cartoons or something or a radio show host or something where no one knew my face. And like no one ever. Oh, that's that's Matt. That's that Matt Hirschman guy. That would be a dream of mine, honestly. To to contribute and, and maybe I'm sure it'd be nice to make some big money as a voiceover actor or whatever. Um, but I would not want all this. And, and it's easy to sit here and say, right. As a guy who's living in an apartment, making not much money. And, Oh, if I had a lot of money, yeah, I just, I would want to be left alone. It's easy to say that. I understand because money does change people. But honestly, I, I, I truly do believe this. If, uh, if I was some famous guy that not famous guy, but just the wealthy guy, I'll say that nobody knew about, nobody knew who I was. That to me would be phenomenal. Uh, that would be extraordinary. And, and I'd be the same guy who sat on his couch and watched 16 basketball games by himself. Yeah. Money changes some people, but uh, not, not all money changes everything about us. Okay. I waited to get to this until the end because I didn't really want to talk about it. I'm wearing, for those not watching on YouTube, my, uh, my Woke Center uh, t-shirt here which is, he has the uh, kind of the sports center logo um, ESPN. You know, I talked about uh, loving things from before, like Gettysburg, you know, I, I've discovered now yeah, that was, that was a love, a love of mine. Uh, ESPN used to be my life. The only channel I ever watched. Now I'm like upset when I got to watch, Oh, it's on ESPN, this game, this fight. Um, Cause I much rather watch other channels for a lot of reasons, but ESPN continues to be this, uh, it used to be a sports network, right? Sports network only. That was like its initial intent. Like, wow, how amazing sports only. This is incredible. ESPN continues to uh, preach, to uh, try to sell us things that are like, why is this a topic of conversation during a sporting event? and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say other channels are not, are not uh, relevant or or don't do this. I should say because I saw some commercials during the uh, men's tournament again with CBS, TBS, and all that. It's more NCAA pushing some of the things. But for example, this was not an ESPN commercial. This was just on the, during the men's tournament. And I look at into the ladies out there. Uh, I know I have female listeners, a lot more men listeners. I. First of all, I support women's sports. Um, any, any, anyone that can uh, play a game at a, at a college level, um, I applaud you for it. Uh, that the fact that you can uh, maybe get your education paid for, I think it's, I think it's amazing. I, I, I am a supporter of competition. Um, I, I'll drive by a high school uh, a football field and I'll say, oh man, they're, uh, you know, they're running track or, or there's a, you know, a, JV football game, drive by a, a little league field, it, you know, who's playing. Like, I don't care uh, who's participating uh, where I think it's, I think it's, uh, it's great. Again, that women have leagues. I, I've spoken to some women on this podcast, love talking about sports with them. Uh, maybe there's a lot of women's basketball fans out there and I just don't know who they are. Um, I think, a lot of reasons women don't get the media coverage say in women's sports is 
it's not as popular. Um, people will most most of America will probably watch an NBA game over a WNBA game. That's just a fact. All right, and um, I have never been to a WNBA game. I've been I've worked a lot of women's college basketball games as a replay official and men's games as well. So I don't discriminate. Uh, the money's the same, which is awesome. Uh, but anyway, I saw this commercial that just drove me crazy. And it said it was a NCAA commercial and it had like a blank screen. And it said it was something along the lines of 40%, over 40% of NCAA athletes are women. And they only get 10% of the media coverage. And it, it had a blank screen and it was talking about this buzzer beater a few years ago, back in 20. 16 so-and-so hit one of the greatest shots in NCAA history and you probably didn't see it. And then it showed those stats, 40% of women or athletes are women, only 10% of the coverage. Buick, Buick wants to change the, the, the car company, how a car company is going to change uh, the, the sports viewing habits of Americans. I have no idea. Are they going to put TVs in their cars? Hey, if you do that, I'll, I'll look into a Buick. Um, but this is what, ha- <laughs> I, one more time, not against women's sports. I actually support women's sports and the females that uh, participate. Um, but when I saw that, I went, this is complete manipulation. It says 40% of athletes. Okay. But they get only 10% of the coverage. And with their br- brilliant commercial, they are implying that nobody saw this last, I think it was, Somebody, if I remember correctly, because UConn won like every championship, I believe it was uh, South Carolina, LSU, one of those schools. I, I could be dead wrong. I didn't look it up because I was so mad. But someone beat UConn at the buzzer for the national championship in women's college basketball. So the implication was that the media didn't cover the game or the game wasn't on television. It was on television. It was a women's national championship game. But Buick and the NCAA are implying that no one watched the game because it wasn't on TV. It didn't get the coverage. It didn't get the media coverage. It says that in the, it's like, no, it probably didn't get the consumer coverage because again, most people, I actually, that's like the one college women's game a year. I, it's like the, the day after the men's game and you flip and you're like, yeah, what are you going to watch? And, and I, I, I will honestly watch that for about, five minutes usually not the whole game because i am just like ah this isn't this isn't as exciting um even a young lady i was with recently and won't say her name you can figure it out though uh (laughs) we were out to lunch and watching the two games and and she's like oh man the women's game is so much slower than the men's and this is a non-sports fan saying this so Shame on you, Buick and NCAA, for implying that, well, the reason most people didn't see the game is because it wasn't on TV. No, it was. It was on ESPN, and it's posted. It was published everywhere, as it is every year. Hey, watch these games, please. No, really. If you don't, you're a sexist. Wait, what? Huh? It's just that manipulation drives me crazy. If you want to make a point, hey, it'd be really nice if, if, if you know, more people supported women, women's sports. I, hey, that's cool. I can get behind that. 
But to imply that no one saw this amazing moment in history because the media doesn't cover it. Really? Where'd you get your soundbite from? Was that just some local team? Just the local broadcast? No, that was ESPN's national broadcast. So I don't know what side this is or whatever, but just I, I hate um, lies, propaganda, manipulation. I don't care where it comes from. It's wrong and it's always trying to push us and divide us. And it's like, well, maybe it's not that popular just because people don't watch it. That, that could be. If there's a sitcom that comes out and it doesn't get good ratings, it's not, well, we have a prejudiced society. You know, maybe just people aren't entertained by it. No, but that, that, that hurts people's feelings. We can't say that. Drives me nuts, man. I just, I just, we're in this world now where we, everyone's, everyone's the same. Uh, everything's equal. Uh, I'm surprised they keep scoring these games at all. You know, the, the St. Peter's of the world, they didn't, St. Peter's didn't just get thrown into the sweet 16 just because, well, you're a small school. You, you, you've kind of, uh, you, you've been uh, held down and you guys haven't had the opportunities that other big schools have had. So we're going to place you guys in the sweet 16. No, they earned it. They took down the big schools. They, what's it called? Well, I just said it earned it. They earned their opportunities. They took advantage of their opportunities. No one felt sorry for them. Oh, you guys are the Peacocks. That's a cute name. You guys should go to the, you guys should go to the Sweet 16. I don't know where, how we've gotten to this point in our country where we approach things this way. But um, again, manipulation, propaganda, I, I'm, not, I'm not about it. Uh, and one of the other things I saw was, again, ESPN. And this probably got more attention than it deserved. But there was a moment of, not a moment of silence, a solidarity. They tried, <laughs> again, the, the, the women basketball broadcasters tried to make a, a deal out of this. Um, there's a, a bill being in, signed in Florida that is completely being misbranded and misrepresented uh, by extreme uh, extremists out there um who again if you change you change the language on something that's how you uh can manipulate that's how you sway that's how you know that's how you you get attention is it by language i've said that before but espn the women's <laughs> broadcast they tried to make a point of having a moment of silence during this this very serious situation uh regarding uh, third graders, third, by the way, third graders and younger. And, and if anybody else tells you uh, otherwise about the bill, they haven't read it. I won't get into it because I try to stay somewhat neutral on these matters uh, or just not really that interested. But ESPN in their infinite woke wisdom tried to make a big deal out of this. And we're like, first of all, to have a, a situation in a sporting event political or whatever there's got to be some type of tie-in you know um well are we have students who are involved in this or, or to just randomly throw something out some political thing that has nothing to do with the basketball game looks absolutely ridiculous it, can you imagine if fox sports this is an example now fox sports if they had a, a moment of silence a moment of to, in solidarity to pledge support for all of the nra members NRA families across the country who are 
who are loyal, uh, not loyal, who are uh, responsible um, gun owning citizens who have been labeled as killers by, uh, you know, the mainstream media or whatever. Can you imagine that? That would never happen. That's, that's an extreme example on the other way. So we're going to have a moment of silence for, for them being misrepresented. The NRA members, they are, they are responsible people. They are not murderers. Have they been as they have falsely been accused of? You'd be like, isn't this a basketball game? What? Why are we? Why are we doing this? So it's hilarious. ESPN broadcasters they they tried to do this this big scene. We're gonna have a moment of silence, and then they <laughs> they backed away and showed the arena, which is practically empty. They have to play these arenas in like the home venues of uh, of the teams, just so that there's like people there. And I get it. it, it look at. I'll be, I'll be brutally honest. They do it in baseball as well, where they play the regionals and such at home sites, just because attendance would be better. So I'm not, I understand why they do that, but they zoomed out and there's hardly anyone there. And it was, <laughs> they showed the score. So this is rather serious. It was, it was hysterical. They're trying to have this, this rather uh, serious, you know, we stand up to evil situation and they showed the score and it's south carolina against howard university and it's 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 quattro's wild on the scoreboard it's 44 to 4 and i just start laughing i'm like is that a typo poor howard four points in the first half i don't know how many they finished with but first of all that type of score would never happen in a men's game never 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 now someone's going to dig up something from 1973 and be like, Matt, see this happened. Uh, but no, an NCAA tournament, 44 to four at halftime. Stop it. And it really made their point even more hysterical, in my opinion. So, hey, Woke Center. Hey, hey, Espen. Next time you're <laughs> going to try to make some big scene over something, don't have it in an empty arena with a score of 44 to four. Probably not good. Not a great look. But uh, if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, look it up. Um, I don't want to get into too much of it, but I had to say my piece this morning about, um, again, I said it a lot, manipulation. Just we see a lot of, we've seen a lot of that the past few years with uh, science. We've seen, uh, you know, deaths and and a lot things are starting to come out now, which is great. But I just hate when people are trying, they have an agenda and they're trying to push it. And you can only use, we all have agendas, but you can only use uh, tactics for so long. At some point, you have to look at facts and analyze things with uh, logic and come to uh, conclusions that make sense. That's just me. It's early here on Tuesday. I got to get to work. I don't have time to sit down and uh, try to look up the, the women's basketball package on on uh you know whatever app it is to get the uh, to get every game on on hulu or whatever um i'm a busy man i can only commit to 16 games thursday friday eight on saturday eight on sunday and uh yeah i guess that makes me a bad guy for only watching the men's games so uh if i've lost all my female listener uh here on the podcast my apologies uh but i just speak in my mind guys and i promise you i'll uh I'll, uh, I don't know. I'll announce who won the women's national championship game uh, upcoming. It has been weird that a West coast women's team hasn't won one in a long time. Maybe I'm wrong there. It just seems like it's always 
South Carolina or Yukon or whatever. It's very regional. Um, but then again, so is, so is the men's games, some would argue. Well, guys, enough out of me. I, it's Tuesday. I got to get to work. And then uh, only one, one more work day after this until more hoops. Thursday, I'll be glued to the couch. And I do like working mornings now because I can get my work done, come home in the afternoon, hit those uh, early start games, which I will do on Friday as well. And uh, yeah, honestly, life is good. I used to watch SportsCenter every single night, seven days a week um, when I went to bed. But I just, I, I was realizing this the other day when I, I think I flipped it on accidentally. And I was like, man, I used to, first thing I would do is turn the TV on and put it on uh, morning sports center, nighttime sports center. And now I just don't watch it. I watch uh, the NFL network. I watch Fox sports. I do. There's other options where I'm not, uh, you know, pretty soon ESPN is going to, going to have the view on there as, as part of their package. And uh, I just can't do it. All right, guys, enough for me. Have a great day. Uh, enjoy the, uh, the couple of days off here without basketball. And then Friday got a great guest already recorded. Uh, he's been on the pod before, but you guys are going to love hearing from him and his new journey. We'll say um, just kind of an update on where he's at in life. Uh, I'm not going to tell you who it is yet. You're going to have to look on Thursday on social media to see exactly who that is, but somebody you guys will enjoy listening to. I can promise you that have a great week guys. Enjoy sweet 16. We'll be back on Friday with another great guest and a fun, fun interview. Thanks for supporting this podcast. You know how to do so. Apple, Google, Spotify, YouTube, uh, follow us, rate, review, all those good things. And on social media, of course, always appreciate the support. Questions, comments, send them in, send them my way. Get them safe podcast at yahoo.com. Love hearing from you as uh, you can help stimulate and, and get these conversations and discussions going. So guys, we will see you on Friday, but until then, no matter what you're doing, whether you're out on the town or around in third base, get home safe.